0: The NFL has a coaching problem. They have a diversity problem. They have a fairness problem. They have an equality problem. They have a problem. Whether they want to admit it or not, they have a problem. Don't bother me, I'm working. 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 welcome back ladies and gentlemen it is another beautiful day to discuss other people's excellence i am the unforgettable one himself mr brock carroll charles is always daydreaming and where two guys that are like bs and at work it is super bowl week we're super excited it should be a really great game uh i honestly i don't care who wins i just I want it to be a good game i'm obviously going for the rams you know Bengals. you've had your moment in the sun and that's great now it's time to or, you know, not win a Super Bowl, but I, but honestly, if the Bengals win and they earn it like they've done it all year, I'll be the first one to clap it up for them. So honestly, I just want a great game. However, we can't talk about the Super Bowl right now. I know we want to. We will talk about that after the Super Bowl. I just have one question before we move on. Yeah, go ahead. Who'd they? Ah, good one. <laughs> the Rams. That's the answer to the question, the Rams. Yeah. Uh, Looks like karma's coming back for all those fly eagles flies a couple of years ago. No, because unlike you, I'm, I really won't care that much. You yeah, were like, no, because
1: uh, I'm a, I'm a real fan, and you and you and you allegiances. You were distraught.
0: <laughs> you were distraught. Um, I was distraught. <laughs> hurt is is the clinical term for it. Yeah, but we the more serious issue, and it's ironic. Uh, uh, Roger Goodell is addressing it right now as we speak, as we're recording this. The NFL has a coaching problem. They have a diversity problem. They have a fairness problem. They have an equality problem. They have a problem. Whether they want to admit it or not, they have a problem. And we haven't really got a chance to talk about this yet. So, we're, this is the pod that we're going to do it because we'll wait till after the Super Bowl to talk everything Super Bowl. And hopefully, it's a great game. Because if it's not, honestly, I probably won't even do a pod on it. I'll spend five minutes to say congratulations to whoever won and keep it moving. If it's a great game, then obviously me and you will nerd out about the game and where it ranks all time and blah, 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 blah. Right now, we, we want to talk about a. Unless it's a great defensive game and then Brett will call it boring maybe depends on <laughs> <laughs> um we you know this is this is a major problem the NFL it says right now the NFL has five minority head coaches for the 2022 season 10 NFL teams have never even had a minority head coach 10
1: yeah believe okay. well, and the Giants are one of them we're not right. counting our offensive or defensive coordinators in that listing at all because uh there's something like 34. Uh, defensive like black defensive coaches and then there's something like 11 offensive coordinators that are black mm-hmm. and what
0: you uh what you said about the head coaches i know my giants never had a black head coach never had a black which is crazy i didn't notice the, the maras are on the diver, diversity committee for the nfl so well, that's because like, the maras had a black gm for like a decade yeah and they were also the, i think the last team to ever have a black quarterback so oof
1: Oh, yeah, we were. No, no, no. When you said it, I, I, I was thinking the last team as in recently. I'm like, that doesn't even make any sense. But the last team in the league, definitely. And because if you look through the history of the Giants, it kind of makes a little bit more sense when they had quarterbacks versus when they didn't, who was coming out. Like the most egregious picking a white guy over a black guy in the team's history was not drafting Dwayne Haskins and drafting Daniel Jones. So. You know, before that, you're going to Eli or Kirk Warner or Kerry Collins. And now I'm already back in the 90s. So, you know what I mean? Like, if you go to the 80s, it was Phil Sims. Like, the Giants have had quarterbacks. There's an easily traceable line to that. But it's still embarrassing. Like, I was talking to one of my good friends, one of my best friends. He's a Vikings fan. He didn't even understand what I said. I was just like, oh, man, it sucks. I've just never had a black quarterback to root for, like, in my life. And he's a Vikings fan. He was just like, what the hell are you talking about? Like he, he didn't even click with him that you could be a fan of this sport and never have a black quarterback. Because as a Vikings fan, if you guys don't know, from Warren Moon on, they just they've they had plenty of good black
0: quarterbacks. Warren Moon, Dante Cold Pepper. Pepper, they drafted Teddy Bridgewater. Like, yeah. Teddy. Teddy, Teddy two, two gloves. You know, it's 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 unfortunate. And the lawsuit is out. Brian Flores, uh, you know, making the making the accusations that he was basically paid to tank in in Miami, and because he didn't tank, he's that's the reason he got fired. Uh, saying that you know there's bad practices in both the hiring process and when teams actually do hire you. Um, he has that text, the screenshots of the text of. Bill Belichick congratulating him, thinking he was Brian Dable before he even got interviewed, which to me is the most damning thing in, in the accusation so far. Um, at least proof that we have seen, obviously.
1: If he yeah, shows- so so I, I just pulled it up real quick. It's a 58 page lawsuit. And just keep in mind when I say that the NFL had a statement a, a con, like saying this is all BS faster than they looked into deflated footballs. So just keep that in mind when they're just completely saying this isn't true without ever looking into it. Uh, Flores alleges that the Dolphins owner Stephen Ross attempted to incentivize him to quote-unquote tank or purposely lose games shortly after he was hired in 2019 with Ross allegedly offering Flores $100,000 for every loss that season. Flores says that the team won games late in the season. Dolphins general manager Chris Greer told him that Ross was mad that the on-field success was compromising the team's draft position. Allegedly, I mean, additionally, Flores alleges that uh, Ross pressured him into recruiting a quote-unquote prominent quarterback at the end of the 2019 season. A.K.A. Deshaun Watson. Yeah, which the coach refused so as to not violate the NFL's tampering rules. Ross then allegedly invited Flores onto a yacht for lunch in the winter of 2020, where he informed that the quarterback was quote-unquote conveniently arriving at the uh, marina for an impromptu meeting. Flores refused the meeting and left the yacht afterwards, Flores alleged that he was, quote, treated with disdain and held out as someone who was non-compliant and difficult to work with, end quote. He was fired on January 10th, despite recording the Dolphins' first back-to-back winning season since 2003. Flores also alleged that the Giants interviewed him last month for their head coaching vacancy for no other reason than compliance with the NFL's Rooney Rule, which requires teams to interview minority candidates for their open positions. The league has amended that rule in recent years and now says the team must hold an in-person interview with at least one external minority candidate for any general manager or head coaching opening. Flores alleged that he spoke with Giants via Zoom on January 18th prior to the team hiring Buffalo Bills assistant general manager Joe Shane as the GM on January 23rd. He said that the next day uh, Shane finalized his interview date for January 27th and the Giants co-director of personnel Tim McConnell texted Flores saying he hoped he would come in and win the fucking job. However, hours later, Flores Uh, The Flores suit alleges he received a series of text messages from Patriots coach Bill Belichick, under whom Flores worked for 10 years in New England. In those texts, Belichick told Flores he had heard the Buffalo and NY guy from Buffalo and NYG that you are their guy. Flores asked Belichick to clarify whether he meant to talk to him or Brian Dable who was also in the running for the Giants' job. Belichick acknowledges error in informed form that the Giants wanted Dable. Sorry, I fucked up. I, I double-checked and misread the text. I think they're naming Brian Dable. I'm sorry about that. Belichick allegedly texted. Do I need to keep going on? Because that is already... No,
0: that's enough. Um, pretty
1: damn... That's not even... Hold on, just real quick, because I think it's funny. This is way less serious. Well, it's still serious, but it's, it's, it's insulting, but way less serious than the other two is uh, how Elway was was allegedly drunk a couple years ago when he he was up for a job and then just completely didn't take the job seriously. I think most fans, myself included, as an Elway on the field fan, um, he ain't never been a fan of any black quarterbacks in his whole damn career. If you look at every rumor, every quarterback rumor, every coaching decision, there's a pattern. And, you know, it's not that shocking of of a story for John Elway. The Giants... I think most people at least around here in the tri-state area you included Brett I think I could throw you in here like once he uh, Joe Shane was hired as GM everyone kind of assumed it would be Dable so he's not wrong in being pissed he was just marking a box to be compliant to a rule that is extremely frustrating and insulting as a professional but at the same time it, was, it, it wasn't less football racism than just the same shit that the NFL and every sport does, is that yeah, this guy think, became GM and he knows who he wants his head coach to be. But, but I think that's part of the problem though. No, right? no, it is 100%
0: part of the problem because it's one of those things like yeah, because here's, here's, here's a slippery slope that we go down when we say this, and I understand you're a Giants fan so you're going to defend your team a little bit because nobody wants to say my team's racist. Oh, no, no, but, no,
1: I don't think they're racist, but at the same time, I want to just say off top I
0: agree with you. That is the problem. Yeah, good old boys that, yeah, that's, like that, like that, that's the promise. The slippery slope was like, oh, it wasn't, it was an innocent, we already knew who we wanted. But yeah, but that's everybody. You know who you want already. You already have an idea of who you want. You have to interview somebody that's a minority candidate just because you have to, because it's the rule. And so you're not really giving them a fair shot because if I already know who I'm going to be with, then you know i mean like it's it's like when you're dating and like you might be talking to to more than one person at the time but after a while you get a sense for who you really want to be with and so you might still be talking to the other ones just for shits and giggles or whatever but you're not really committed to what you want to do in that situation you you know you want to be here and that's not fair to everybody involved and so that and that's the problem here the You know, these coaches are trying to get an opportunity, trying to break through the ceiling, trying to get an opportunity. There's only 32 jobs. Right. And they're the most 32 most precious jobs in the world because you can't go anywhere. It's not even like basketball where there's other professional leagues all over the place. It's really the NFL. And that's really it. There's not too many other places you can go.
1: Oh, that's why. And that's why just for the shout out. Uh, me and Paul were getting into a, one of our group checks when he brought up the EPL and soccer. And I was, and it was such an apples and orange comparison to me because they have their own problems with hiring black managers over in England, but there's so many more clubs. It's egregious in its own way. But There's also a whole nother factor of English managers, not just white English management, English managers get overlooked just for Italians and Spanish coaches. So it's like there's levels to it on an international stage and a world football stage to where it's, even more inexcusable here at home that we only have a pool
0: of American coaches in a sport that is 70% black. And and the people that say, oh, well, you know, that's misleading because the black population is only seven percent of America. So really, yes, right? Because regular Joe blows like you and me are 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 going for this job. No that's, idiot. That's why there's more white
1: coaches because they just they just grab Bill from down the street in the suburbs. They're like, hey, you want to coach the Texans?
0: <laughs> yeah, and it's like, and it's like, it's one of those things. Like, and this is what I'm saying: the goalposts keep getting getting moved, and that's why where we get frustrated as black, as minorities in general, because it's like the goalposts are being moved, and people are making every little excuse to ignore the problem that that is asinine to bring up the, the nation's population dynamics as to countermeasure the football dynamics first one that's not representative of the population of the NFL even if you right would, and, that's, and that's what I'm
1: saying it's because it's, the, the, the pool of people in, in NFL organizations come from a system of American football that's ingrained from peewee to college. So resumes are built up over time. There are plenty of black coordinators that have been coordinators as long as me and Brett have been alive, not talking about football alive, that have never got the head coaching chance in the NFL. Now now if all we are saying is correlate that with somebody like Cliff Kingsbury, who never even had a, an exceptional record in college, but got all the hype and support in the world when he got one of the one of 32 jobs that are so sacred. But that that, that position never goes to a black dude. Even the black coaches that we hear are the same black coaches over and over and over and over again, with the exception of Mike Tomlin, who they just can't fire because he's so good. It's Lovey Smith.
0: It's Tony Dungy. It's not not even that. So I think was in that same chat. Somebody pointed out, Eric Biennemi has been on 20 interviews. Are you really trying to tell me after 20 interviews, nobody thought he was good enough to be a head coach? And, And to me... That's telling me either this guy is just a god-awful interview mm-hmm. interviewer or 15 of those interviews were just checks. Yeah, if not more. And I'm not even
1: I'm not even countering that. I don't think that's the most egregious one because like you said. He could just be a bad – like, we you really don't know. Like, that's just one of those things where it's like oh, – Well,
0: no, I've heard him do interviews just with, just with reporters, and he sounds impressive to me. He'd oh, no, say, I don't
1: mean those types of interviews,
0: but we know job
1: interviews aren't necessarily those interviews.
0: No, I, I understand that. But my, my point is, you brought up Mike Tomlin. This is where I want to go to. Um Stephen A. made a good point. If Mike Tomlin wasn't on the Steelers, he wouldn't be a head coach right now. And I think that's true. The, the Steelers – one, if Mike Tomlin didn't interview for the Steelers, he probably wouldn't be a, wouldn't have gotten a head coaching job. The Steelers wanted Russ Grimm. We forget about this, right? The Steelers wanted Russ Grimm. Like, that was a thing. And if it wasn't Russ Grimm, it was supposed to be Ken Wisenhunt, which is why that Steelers Cardinal Super Bowl was so big, because that was the guy that they wanted versus the guy they got type of thing. And they used the Rooney Rule the way it's supposed to be done they gave him a real interview they kept an open mind they wanted to they, they're like hey we kind of know who we want but we can't have this rule and not take it seriously ourselves so we we're going to sit back and really listen to everybody that we bring in and mike tomlin blew them out of the water and he's been the coach ever since and on top of that, they've given him every opportunity to succeed, to fail, to regroup. To do that, like, like yeah, but, but
1: like that's the problem. You guys are the exception to the rule. You're not, the, yeah, which proves it. You know, you, you, you guys are right. proving, like, the fact that the only team that has a black coach in 2022 is the team that are the Roonies. <laughs> like, the rule no, is that, named that, after your the, team. We're like, the only ones
0: taking it seriously, and that, and that's, yeah. and that's no, it, the first thing
1: it, it, it's terrible and and i was what i was gonna say was i don't think that that was the most egregious uh example this offseason uh but it, it was actually Leftwich, like the fact that we have all this hype about kellen moore to his credit you know like the the cowboys offense hasn't looked bad i don't want to say it has but like this well, hype
0: left is... was a slightly different story because left the job was his he just didn't want Trent Baalke as his GM. He but
1: that's be. my point. It, it, like, think about
0: it. Think about just in the last
1: couple of years, right? What I used Cliff Kingsbury. Now let's go to the NFC. Let's go to the Panthers with Matt Rule. Matt Rule got a lot of control over the Panthers, based off what Temple. And here we have leftwich, proven proven coordinator in the league, proven quarterback in the league, one of the most well-known Jaguars ever and he wants the same treatment that overrated college coaches are getting. And and then there was reports of him overstepping and and, and overplaying his hand and all this bullshit that only gets applied to that same stereotype that Brian Flores was talking about, the angry black dude. Like it like that, that it's just annoying. It's just annoying because when it's a Kellen Moore or a white dude from Ohio or a white dude from Texas, they're just a, a strong football type. If it's a black dude from Florida, New York, he's just angry.
0: Yeah.
1: And no, overstepping I, I and all agree. this other shit. I, so I, I, so
0: agree.
1: I agree. So that's why it annoyed me. Don't get me don't get it twisted. I, I, I'll say the same thing that I said before. I don't know. Maybe Left did overstep. That is a possibility. But for how it just seems that Certain people are treated by certain teams. Mind you, me and Brett are both Nets fans. We we, we saw what happened when the like the biggest player ever overstepped his boundary. So it's not even like this is out of the realm of possibility for me and Brett as fans. We're just saying that's not how we're seeing it. That's not how we're feeling it right now. And it comes out and we're wrong. Uh, that's and, preferable. And, and but if, if we were wrong, the NFL would have put something out by now to show how wrong all this accused racism is when you have to have a rule such as the Rooney rule in general where the owners are acknowledging, yeah, we're racist. It, <laughs> it all speaks for itself. Well, so it's kind of just,
0: to at least talk to you, right? Yeah, man. Like, the and, only and, and actually, to, to, your point, to your point about Byron Leftwich. he wasn't the only guy. Byron Leftwich was their first choice, and he pulled himself out because of the Trey balky thing. And then they wanted. Um, oh, my goodness. There was somebody else that they wanted. And the same thing, he he didn't want he didn't want Trent Bulky, And they said no. So the only reason why Doug Peterson got the job is because that was the best coach that they could afford to get who was okay with Trent Bulky being the GM. And and it worked out for them because I think Doug Peterson is a good coach and I think was a great hire. But the point of the matter is they kind of lucked into that. So – it wasn't so. To be fair, to the Jaguars in this in this regard, they were choosing Trent Bulky over whoever, whether it was white or black, because mm-hmm. they, they, they had two different candidates that they that was their first two choices, and both of them said, "Yo, I'll come," but I don't want Trent Bulky as my as my. Uh... Oh no, Jim Caldwell was the other one, so, so they're both black guys, Jim Caldwell and Brian leftwood Those are the two guys they wanted the most. Both of them said, "Hey, I'll come back. I kind of want my own guy, and not Trent Bulky." And they said, "No, no dice." And Doug Peterson Because "Trent be- Bulky has been such a great GM, right?" And so that's how that worked. But it's to me, it's just insulting. It's insulting as a, just a human being. Yeah, where you, man. Where you feel like you you're not even giving a fair chance. And the, and to me, and you made a great point over the phone. This tanking thing is a much bigger deal than the actual hiring thing we Oh yeah, it. racism
1: don't matter. The, the black and white is, is second to green.
0: Everybody knows that.
1: So the tanking thing, that's going to be the smoking gun here. That's the cover-up, everybody. The systemic racism part is just a microcosm of what we are as a nation at the end of the day. A bunch of old white billionaire men just controlling a bunch of other shit, and until their bottom line is affected, they don't care. And gambling has been legalized, Pretty much in America, when it's New York, New Jersey, and the big states, that can you can just gamble if you're if you're around here. So, with all this gambling, and you're paying for people to tank, and then it came out they were doing that shit in Cleveland. This is the domino effect now. The racism thing is, is the shot that might change down the line. There might be some actual significant changes down the line, but as of right now the gambling
0: thing thing is going to the gambling thing is going to be and it's going to be a thing and it's crazy because if the investigation comes out and that's true Steve Steve Ross is going to lose his team Jim Haslam is going to lose his team and I guarantee you they're going to take some other owners down with them because they're going to be like no 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 don't do that don't take our teams away when we know for a fact that other teams that are doing this and I guarantee you that might be the the opening that we need because unfortunately the only way to fix it is with black ownership, right? You need minority ownership who will feel more comfortable putting black people in positions to be real head coaches. And when I say real head coaches, that's been the problem. How many guys are getting a real opportunity or are they the fall guy for for the tanking system? We're going to tank and then when it's time to to rebuild and get our real coach, we're going to fire you because your record is terrible. Mm -hmm. get a new guy in And do, and, and, and rock with them. And because your record is terrible, you'll never get a job again. Cause who's going to hire somebody with a four and 25 record in two or three seasons. You know what I mean? Like that's, that that just can't happen. And and now I will say this to Steven Ross, who who's been also on the diversity committee and I believe has like a major diversity foundation. He actually does a lot with like black people and Chris Greer is a black GM. Yeah,
1: like, I, no one's saying that Ross is directly some,
0: you know, plantation owner in that sense at this moment. I don't think that's the narrative, so. Right. So, for him and Haslam, because Hugh Jackson also gave him credit for saying this, I think in both cases it was like, listen, we have a long-term plan. I'm not going to screw you over. If you tank for me, I will extend you, and you could also coach the team when – we're good. We're not going to get rid of you once we're good. We'll let you stay here once when we're good. But I need you to tank for me. And to be fair to Stephen Ross, if the Dolphins have Burrow instead of Tua, they might be in the Super Bowl right now.
1: No, I, um, I, I, feel, I feel you on that. My problem with it is what we already stated about that's good. That's just empty words because the coach expressed that he didn't feel comfortable doing shit that was shady and against the rules. And you still had that surprise yacht meeting planned out like and, and the fucked up part is no one is saying that's unbelievable like the only people that are going to express out outwardly in public that who believes that a billionaire would do everybody yeah. everybody that knows anything about how human
0: beings work definitely it,
1: would believe that
0: somebody in a position it, of it, power like steven Ross. here's how because here's, how, here's the funny thing because in both situations now when you look back at history stuff starts to make sense now remember when the dolphins were uh, winless, and they played the Steelers, who were undefeated a couple years ago, and it was third and eight or something like that, and they did a zero blitz, and we threw it to Deontay Johnson on a screen pass, and it we went for a touchdown, and I remember Mina Kimes tweeting. Uh, this is the formation that they use and you know the yellow lines that they use to show the formation in the formation she just drew an army tank and the crazy thing about that is the field was so wide that she was able to draw an army tank because there was literally nobody back there the line of scrimmage is here and there was enough space for her to draw an army tank for that play and now when you think about it it's like oh that is interesting because We were dead in the water in that game. We were down 14-3. to That touchdown made it 14-10, to and I believe we got the ball back at halftime, and it changed the game completely. Steelers won that game. The Dolphins were still winless. So stuff like that is interesting. You had Robert Griffin III also coming out after Hugh Jackson said what he said. And he said, you know what? That makes a lot more sense now because I remember that year we cut a lot of veterans. And, I, and we didn't understand why. Like, why did you cut all these veterans who were actually good enough to make the team? And we had a bunch of young guys. And he said, that screwed me up. As a young guy, I was trying to re- rehabilitate my career. That was my last chance to start in the NFL. We played terrible that year. And I've had to play backup roles for the last couple of years until I finally retired. And mm-hmm. like that's a big deal, right? And, and we say it on this pod all the time fans want teams to tank. There's no way people in the organization, there's no way players want to tank. Why? Because what do we say? You're usually tanking for somebody to take your job, one. Two, football is a dangerous sport. You can't just fake it. And your resume. You know, as a player, being on on an O and whatever team is
1: just poison to your own value. Like everybody, so many fans have this outdated mentality that every player needs to put the sport above everything else. Okay, but if you're doing that and you're technically an independent contractor, you're putting your own career above everything else. Within right, the this, this is team. how you
0: feed your family. Right. This is yeah. how you feed your family. And my ability to do my job the best of my, uh, to the to the best of my ability is dictated by how t- how well the team does. So if I'm Brett Carroll, especially if I'm not a superstar player, right? If I'm just Brett Carroll average middle linebacker for whatever team and we suck and especially we're getting blown out every night every week what chance do i have of going to another team because what team is even going to look at me in, in consideration when i'm a free agent well, think about the difference in
1: perception a backup dude like pj walker had being a backup to a bad on a bad cult team vice versa four games in the xfl not even the nfl just four games and then, boom, look at the difference in his contract. Look at the job security he now seems to have in the NFL in general. Like, he, right. he seems to be a dude that no matter what, kind of like a Colt McCoy, he's going to be on a roster somewhere. And, and I think Colt McCoy is probably the best backup in, in the world. Talk about tanking and, and lack of direction real quick. Side note, the, job, the terrible GM Gettleman, we didn't have enough money to re-sign Colt McCoy. So we had to try out, Mike Glennon. Think about that. That I, at me as a Giants fan is like, damn, I miss Colt McCoy. But, but that's how important even backup roles are in the NFL. And can anyone even name a backup on the Detroit Lions from this year? Nope. Like, and, and, and to no fault of their own, that coach did a great job. That team looked like they were ready to compete every week. And the fans seemed kind of optimistic about him in the future. Craziest part is he was in the, uh, the names being rumored for the Cowboys job if it came open, which as a Lions fan, you got to be like, just fuck. Off, a hundred percent. I know he's not a black coach, but damn, dude, like you have one decent year, and the Cowboys like we might take him. It's like fuck off, man. Can we just, just get to like around five hundred before you steal our dude that just has good locker room speeches? But I don't know, man. I feel like this whole conversation—it's crazy. It came to light. It's crazy. This dude just uh, martyred his own career to sue because he knew it was some bullshit. Because. If if it happened, which I believe it did, the way he's moving, it seems like all this really did happen and he's just sick of it and he wants to shed some uh, light on it. It's going to be sad. They're going to do some empty press releases like like they did about Colin Kaepernick being right, put him back in Madden and all this empty vain bullshit. And will actually change happen? We don't know. The only change that's going to happen is uh, owners aren't going to be on yachts offering dudes six figures to fucking tank. That's what's well, going to be the difference.
0: I, I, I don't. I don't know. To your point, that tanking situation is huge. If that comes out to be true, that's when you might see change because people will lose their teams. You cannot have owners that are on the record trying to tank, especially when you're so in bed with these gambling companies. Now you cannot have. That. Well, well, the Broncos are going to sell, and
1: I'm glad you actually said that. The Broncos, like the be- be- hours before this came out, the Broncos were publicly put up for sale that were like, you know, the wor- rumors and word of the sale became public. Like, so we all know it's happening. And then this breaks and people are like, oh, can they sell to like a minority ownership group? And me and you have been joking and half serious. James is going to be part of that. Like, he, that's where his positioning has been, politically speaking, to, to kind of go over to, uh, you know, something I, I talk about like a nerd, the, the political movements in that are there. If Jay-Z is not part of that ownership group, either A, whoever is, it just got that much bank, they moved that fast, or they just made an enemy because because all the shit that Jay-Z was doing is lining him up and in buddy-buddy with the good old boys club so eventually he can be the first black NFL owner. He's a name. He's an American icon. No, you know, we all make like, jokes about how Fox News still calls board. him a crack dealer. Like he is, yeah. he, He's he's the Rag the Richest story. And if he owns the Denver Broncos, there's going to be more money because I, I can't imagine people out in Colorado don't like Jay-Z.
0: Like, Yeah, and, and not to mention that. I mean, he, he's already been part of an ownership group. He's obviously ownership for the Nets. So he's been there. He, he knows what, what that entails. That's something that he would, I think that's something that he would definitely want to do. Um, and, it won't, and once he gets in, it opens the door for others. I know Diddy wanted a team. Steph Curry was trying to buy the Panthers when the Panthers were for sale. So, you know, when all these, and not to mention another Snyder thing. Now, Snyder is such a powerful owner. It's going to be hard. It's going to be hard to get him out. And I think he has a lot of dirt on a, a lot of other owners. So again, it's going to be hard to get him out. But a Jimmy Haslam I'm, might have to be the fall guy here so yo man you own the browns you have no pull in the nfl you, if this is even remotely true you're out Snyder. the fact that snyder
1: is on the committee that decides whether every investigation into him goes public or not tells you how transparent the nfl actually is right everyone that thinks that they've been transparent through every from spy gate to deflate gate to them human trafficking cheerleaders and withholding their passports to systemic racism from the hiring of coaches to concussions to where they weren't treating black players' concussions equal to white players. All of this is on paper, on wax, legal problems, legal issues. They get swept under the rug because they get millions upon millions of viewers, the biggest percentage of of, of ratings in America, and it's a cash cow. That's why. They're not infallible. They're just untouchable.
0: Those aren't the same thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'd also say this. I'm born in Steel City. People ask me all the time, well, whoa, you're from Jersey? Why are you a Steelers fan?" Well, my father was a Steelers fan. Well, why is your father a Steelers fan? Part of it is because of their history with minorities. Their history with you know, trotting out, not, not not just the Steelers, but Pittsburgh in general, which is ironic because the city of Pittsburgh has been labeled a very racist city, but for whatever reason in their sporting history, they have been pioneers for day one in minorities. And even now, Kevin Col- we just hired a black defensive coordinator, Kevin Colbert is retiring. And who are the two names that we're hearing? Lewis Riddick and Morocco Brown, two minorities to replace him as the GM. And so it's days like this that I'm very proud to be a Steelers fan because in the midst of all this bullshit that we're hearing in the NFL, where we're literally just asking for a fair shot. If I'm not the best guy, don't hire me, but at least give me a fair shot. The Steelers are once again proving like, no, guys, this is really, like, you don't have to just get white guys. Black guys can do this too. We forget they were one of the first ones to go to the HBCU route, which is why we got a mean Joe Green and stuff like that. Like, and think about how, how how many NFL all-time greats probably wouldn't have gotten their shot if the Steelers weren't the first team winning Super Bowls with a bunch of guys from the HBCU uh, background. So this is, you know, like I said, and I'm watching Lewis ready right now, it's days like today that I'm proud to be a Steelers fan Because we have shown over the years that we are willing to give the best guy an opportunity, no matter what the skin color is, no matter what. And that's all we ask for. Again, to your point, Brian Dable, I think, was the better hire for what the Giants need right now, right? So I'm not mad that Brian Dable got the job over Brian Which is one
1: of the strangest parts about this, because it doesn't seem like much fans feel that way towards the Giants. And as you know, we joke about it. It's not like the Giants are one of these protected teams. People will be quick to hate on the Giants if you give them the opportunity to. So to see the the fandom of the NFL, which will often be polarized, that more than not, most people are like, nah,
0: "The Maras ain't it?" Like, well, like, and not, and not only that, Brian but Dable, to his credit, has a resume. Like, he also has a resume. Oh yeah, no, a, no one's hating on Dable. An opportunity.
1: No, no one's like, hating like, on Dable.
0: No one's if, mad if, at Dable. If, if this was Cliff Kingsbury getting it over Brian Flores. Then yes, burn MetLife Stadium. Oh, if this
1: was Joe Judge this time around.
0: It would be getting burned down, like right. like burn MetLife to to the to the freaking last brick. But Brian Dable, as a guy who has a track record as a great offensive coordinator and as a guy that had turned around Josh Allen who and took from a project to one of the best quarterbacks in all of football, especially when you have a guy in Daniel Man Jones favorite
1: now, people acting like Josh Allen isn't like known among NFL fans, which is just yeah, he, weird. A,
0: and, and, and especially when you have a guy in uh, Daniel Jones, that you're still trying to figure out if he could be a guy or not. We understand it. We understand the hire. We totally understand the hire. Now should a Brian Flores have gotten a job? Absolutely. And, and this is the point before this lawsuit. I said this before. Everybody's like, Oh, well, look at all these candidates. Look at all these. Candidates. I don't give a damn about the candidates. And so these guys are getting hired. I don't want to hear it because, as we saw, only one and a half guys, and no, no offense, Mike, Mike Daniels, were like, Really? But one, oh no, but
1: the, the messed up part is my I'm mixed, I'm light. You know, I'm, I'm literally allowed to say, Ain't nobody care about Daniels. No disrespect, bro. But you know, if you light enough, it's like. Come on, come on, man! Like, and then you see his family, and it's like, yeah, okay, <laughs> all right. I didn't see, I didn't see his family. I didn't talk um, about nobody's family. I'm just saying, though, like people said, he's half black, and the way they said it, it was just kind of like, why does that need to be like told, though? <laughs> like, we got a guy. We got yeah, a guy. We got that. It, ha- it reeks of that feeling when you have to say it like that. Like, but no one even, ever but said. Even, Herm Edwards. Herm Edwards is black. Yeah, we know.
0: we we, we see him. Like yeah, we know, we, we, we yeah, we light skin are, too, you know what I mean? You like, know, Uncle Herman's black, like Cully um, Cully's light skin too. Do. I don't know what to yeah. say, like. but you know, but even then, and even the Texans, they wanted Josh McCown, who's never done this before, and I think they realized, yo, man, we were so close with Brian Flores, if we don't go with him and go with Josh McCown. This is going to be an issue. So they hired Lovey Smith. And, and to be very honest with you, I think Lovey Smith took the job knowing that he's going to be screwed because he's basically setting up for Josh McCown to take his job in the next year or two. But if you're Lovey Smith, if you're really trying to coach again in the NFL, sometimes, once again, as these black coaches, sometimes you have to take these deaf deals just to have an opportunity. And Lovey's probably hoping that if he can overachieve here, then even if it doesn't work out in Houston, he'll get another job. But the, and that's the problem. It's you're not giving us real chances. you're giving us fake chances. That's what you're doing. You're giving us fake chances. And if it wasn't for the uh, lawsuit, I don't think there would have been any other black coat uh, black hires. I don't even think Bobby Smith a- is
1: 89 and 87 in the regular season. He played he, he, was, he played. He was the head coach for the Bears from 04 to 2012, and, only, and the head coach of the Bucks from 2014 to 2015. He was coaching at Illinois from 2016 to 2020. Mm-hmm. And I have no, I, I didn't, I was unaware he was coaching at Illinois. I really wasn't paying attention like that. Oh, so, really? So, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. He beat Rutgers twice, which is you know. no, ain't that hard. That's not a, that's not a monumentous thing on your resume. You beat Rutgers twice. Yeah, well, at the time it was bad because like we were better than Illinois. Illinois was pretty bad. He did a, he did a bad job. Illinois, to be to, to be honest, after his Bears stint, he hasn't been that good. But even even the Buccaneers stint, he got kind of screwed in that too because he had a. I think they were bad, but it was his first year. But they had Jameis Winston, and they wanted Dirk Cutter because they thought Dirk they thought him and Dirk Cutter got along really well, and Dirk Cutter was getting you know, requests to get other coaching jobs, so they fired Levy Smith to promote Dirk Cutter, and it was the whole thing. And he couldn't unlock Jameis, so that was, you know, all for nothing. Um, So, you know, like I said, if you're a Black coach, unless you're going to a team that actually is going to give you a fair chance, which right now, the only team we can say for sure is the Steelers, it's going to be hard for you to not only get a job, but sustain a job, and that's just not fair. That's just not fair. And, and I'm hoping this, I'm hoping this changes. I'm hoping that the fact that this lawsuit comes out and I'm hoping more coaches get on because it's a class action lawsuit, right? So far, Hugh Jackson, I believe, is going to formally join it. He hasn't formally joined it yet. Like he said he will if he needs to, I hope more co- more coaches come out. I really do, especially the tanking thing, because to your point, that's going to be the thing that, that breaks this thing open. No offense, we know that, you know, okay, we know we're racist, but what are you going to do about it? We've been saying, y'all been calling us racist for 20 years now. We don't care. Um, There's less black coaches now than there was when the Rooney rule was made. Right, and so that's not going to change. But to your point, if this tanking thing is real, And Stephen A. Smith made a good point, too. Hey, even if there's white coaches that had to deal with this, please join the lawsuit. Join the lawsuit, because if that tanking thing is real, then all of a sudden now you have something that could really change for the better. Because jobs will be lost, which gives opportunities for other people to come in. And I think that to everybody's point, they've given Roger Goodell credit of saying he it's not him. It's not Roger Goodell. Him and the NFL offices are pretty diverse. They've been trying their hardest. It's these owners. So the only way that's going to change is if you switch out the owners. Yep. There's, a lot, there's a lot of people with money who want these jobs, but they have to have opportunities to get them. So there it is. I I'm, and honestly, there's nothing else to say about this what you know that hasn't already been said. So I might, we might as well wrap it up. Yeah, I I feel the same way. I feel like it's pretty self-explanatory
1: when everybody thought that Brian Flores would be a head coach first because after he got released and now he's suing the NFL. And the only thing that's really being said is you're not going to be able to take down the NFL. That's it. It's not a defense of the NFL, mind you. There's so many fans that are just saying it like, wow, it's it's a waste of time. Like, Like they believe it but they don't even feel like anything's going to happen because it's the NFL. And that's about it. We'll we'll keep an eye on it, but I feel like anybody that's listening already knows the NFL's on their bullshit and they got the power and money of God and everything in American industry behind them. So don't count on it until there's new ownership in Denver and don't count on it until if, and
0: when there's new ownership in Cleveland and or Miami. Yeah. That's it. Or, Or anywhere else because the good thing is, like I said before, these owners are snitches, man. If if those two guys go down, they might take some other dude's with them. Who it's knows? It's heartening that the
1: group that is the good old boys club not only includes families like the Rooneys and the Maras, but so apparently the Jerry Joneses and the Dan Snyders of the world are also in that power click. And that's the worst
0: part about what's going yeah. on. Yeah. Jerry Jones, Dan Snyder, you can't and even and even Cronky. You can't get rid of them. They're way too powerful. But, again, if Steven Ross and, and Jimmy Haslam have to go down, they might take some other got people well, down. Well, Crunky
1: shit it, it might open up a whole nother can of worms because of all the problems he has with
0: the with the state of Missouri right now. So that's a whole nother thing that is just getting yeah, swept I think into the they, I, think they, I think they did wind up settling that. So, you know, whatever. Money but, to God, bro. But tell them where yeah, they can find you. Yeah, you can find me at ne- never bright Me. That's N-E-V-A underscore the number four B-R-E-T-T underscore M-E on Instagram and Twitter. I'm mean, not to chat the on all the
1: socials. We are at the underscore dope blog on Instagram at the dope blog all one word on Twitter.
0: And www.thedope.blog. Thanks. And, and if you're on YouTube, please like, share, and subscribe, and please join us next time as we continue to discuss other people's excellence. Peace. Peace. Hire black coaches, please. Don't Don't bother me, I'm working. Don't bother me, I'm working. Don't bother me, I'm working. Don't bother me, I'm working.